welcome to another episode of Conversation with a Chef. I'm Joe Ritty and I love sharing with you the conversations I get to have with talented and passionate chefs. It's the backstory, if you will, to the food they're putting up. I begin today by acknowledging the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional custodians of the land where this conversation takes place, land which was never ceded, land where communities came together to eat seasonally, locally and without exhausting resources. I pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Today I'm chatting to Tim McDonald from Fonda. Eleven years ago, Tim and his business partner Dave Yule saw a gap in the market and opened Fonda, the bright happy home of Mexican street food. From the flagship venue in Swan Street, the business has grown to nine venues across Melbourne and now also Sydney, but the pair ensure that the original concept of the Mexican Fonda, which is a welcoming home that serves food to the community, remains at the heart of all they do. Tim and I talked authenticity when it comes to street food, the importance of well-being and hospitality, and he did mention his favourite dish, grilled chicken quesadilla, a number of times, which has put a trip to Fonda firmly on my list of things to do this week. Enjoy the chat. Hi, Tim. Joe, how are you going? Good, how are you? Good. Great. Probably want to be channeling a bit of Mexican heat in this kind of weather. We've d- gone back down to the cold weather again, haven't we? I know, I know. <laughs> After a good weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was reading uh, the press release from Tide um, that they sent, and um, and I've always thought, because I moved here in 2011, so, 2011, so Fonda has always been around for me, but you, yeah. but you launched in 2010. Is that uh... right? Two, no, no, 2011 we launched. 2011, okay. Yeah, yeah. And yeah that, November, November 2011, I reckon we opened. Yeah, yeah. and that was on Swan Street. Yes, that's right. That's yep. Amazing. Yep. Yeah. So I'm kind of interested because I see your background is in law and commerce and I'm also a languages teacher um, as well as a writer, so I was very pleased to see that you can speak Mandarin or you've got a diploma in Mandarin, which is... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm probably a bit rusty now, but um, yeah, I did do it through, obviously through school and uni. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Um, so, and I see, you know, it says that you and Dave saw a gap in the market uh, for Mexican food, or a kind yep. of healthy food, but um, why did you think you were the ones, given that you had no hospitality background, what made you think this is something that you needed to do? Yeah, good question. Um I think that I'd always wanted to run a business. So I guess part of it was a bit of an entrepreneurial thing as well. Um, I, I think Mexican cuisine, where, where the interesting came from, we're seeing it over in the States and in Mexico at around about that time. I, I think it was 2007 that I was studying and living there. Um, and um, I really saw this fresh, vibrant um, interpretation of Mexican cuisine. And what stood out to me was the simplicity of it. Mm. Um, so the simplicity, like obviously, allowed us as as non chefs to be able to have a look at, you know, doing something ourselves. Um, whereas if it was more of a complicated cuisine that I'd seen and and that stood out to me, I probably would have thought, oh, hang on, this would be a great business, and I'm sure it would fly. But I don't think that we're the people to do it because it's pretty technical. Mm. Um, but it, I was also, we've taken a really collaborative approach to this from the start. And so we never, we were never um, intimidated by 
our lack of culinary experience because we always knew we were going to be working with good people anyway. So it was just about finding the right chefs or product development consultants to to, to build up the product. Um, mm. Just because I guess we own the vision, uh, we own the business and have the vision. I guess we we didn't see it was a blocker that we didn't have the, the technical experience with the food. Mm. Um, we're also not architects and we had to design a restaurant. We're not builders and we had to build a restaurant. Um, you know, we're not HR managers and we had to hire 30 people. So it was really just about, um, yeah, as I say, collaborating with, with the team of people um, throughout the journey and finding, finding you know, someone that was great at whatever aspect of the business we had to do, finding someone that was great at doing that and, and leading them to it. Mm. That's a really good point, actually. And I, and as you were talking, I was thinking too, uh, you know, like obviously food businesses, hospitality, you want them to work because you want people to love the food and, to, and the ambiance and all of those things. But maybe you're a bit more, I don't know, maybe if it's a chef owner, they're a lot more passionate and, and they don't maybe think about, always think about the money side of things. So maybe it's a really good balance, as you say, to have all the specialist people and that collaborative approach. Um Maybe that's what the, the secret is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, because you are cooking food, right? So being a chef can help. But the other thing you're doing apart from cooking food is running a business. Mm. That's, a, that's a totally separate function and a totally separate, separate skill set than braising pork and making a taco. Yeah. So both can help. But, yeah, I'm, I'm more surprised at chefs that start a restaurant with no business experience than I am... Um, you know, me or Dave starting a restaurant business with no chef experience because it's far easier to get the chefs involved as and when you need them. Mm. Um, but that's not just food. That's a lot of businesses. You get, I don't know, you get mechanics that run a mechanic workshop and they're fantastic mechanics, but they're not necessarily uh, great with, with business and that can, that can mean that they have some real struggles. Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting point. Um, and I haven't really thought about that too much before, but you're really, that's... True. <laughs> now I'm interested. You had a research trip to Mexico um, when you were working out your concept and so on. How did you choose the sorts of things that you would have on the menu? I mean, you talked about simplicity, but how do you dis distill what you saw in Mexico to your menu? Um, well, we had we had the advantage of, um, as we said, we were sort of Mexican street food. So that Mexican street food is really can you were from day dot we're confining it to tacos, burritos, quesadillas, you know, which is really what Mexican street food is. So it was really just thinking about the fillings in those in those street dishes. Um, so we just got inspiration from we had so many tacos while we're overseas, mm. um, whether flavours or ideas or um, processes that, that inspired us through our travels, we just implemented. But we also did a lot of, like, we product testing back here. We got a lot of feedback from locals um, uh, before we launched the concept just to make sure that the product was going to resonate with them. We wanted it to be as authentically Mexican as possible, but we also didn't want it to be so authentic that it was almost kind of um, intimidating or people didn't feel accessible or didn't understand what it was or it was too spicy. So, yeah, it was a combination of keeping it simple, just trying a bunch of stuff overseas and, and noting it down and, and, and um, you know, talking to chefs over there about what was in it and how they did it, mm. and then bringing that back here and, and trying trying a bunch of 
different recipes and menu items on on locals here. Nice, yeah, it's a great menu. I, I've always and it's and it's amazing because all of the well, I've only been really been to maybe two or three different fonders around Melbourne, but they're always busy and um and it's still so popular after all this time. I think how do you how do you manage now you've got nine venues and in different cities, how do you manage that consistency of product and, you know, happy atmosphere yeah. and all of that? Well, to, I think to keep it busy, I think you are right. To keep it busy, it is about being consistent, but it's also about evolving the product and the offering. Um, so I think there's two sort of competing interests there to keep it, interesting and evolving that we just have a we just are constantly looking for ways of updating the menu and introducing new things whether that's from you know subsequent research trips or cookbooks or recipe ideas we are always looking for something new on the menu um and to achieve the consistency that's really just about it sounds really boring but it's about having really tight systems and processes and training um back of house Mm. um how you've done it The, the new product thing is really interesting because a lot of the time that we will introduce a new product or take away an old one, you often disappoint more people than you <laughs> than you please. So yes. we kind of we'd love to be evolving and changing the menu a little bit more. But uh, I mean, there's a reason why the Big Mac has been the number one seller on the Macca's menu for for thirty years. People know what they like, and consistency seems to um, you know achieve more than anything else. So so yeah, it's just a, it's just that. It's like the, it's like a scientist and an artist constantly a battle. The science behind it is what achieves the consistency, which is really important. And the art is about keeping it different and relevant and having a bit of a variety on the menu. But they're just it's just a balancing act between the two. Yeah, yeah. And have you been back recently to Mexico? No, not since before COVID. Mm. But you know what? We're finding that. In the last trip we did, we're actually getting more inspiration and ideas out of America. Mm. Um, and weirdly, this is going to sound weird, but our observation is that Mexican food innovation at, in Mexico of recent years is more about copying America's interpretation of Mexican food. So a lot of mm. the leading um, edgy brands and restaurants in Mexico are actually taking inspiration from how U.S. restaurants are doing Mexican food. Um, so we're actually finding that, the, the, I mean, Mexicans, Mexico is such a huge part of United States culture and cuisine, mm. but we're finding that so many, um, so many Mexican rest- restaurants are actually coming up with some amazing ideas of Mexican food. Um, yeah, which is kind of, it's kind of weird to be saying that you're doing your Mexico research trip in the States, but that's what we're finding is where it's all happening. Yeah. Do you have any examples of that on your menu, things that you might have taken from there? Uh, Put you on the spot. <laughs> not, not, uh, oh, pretty much. Uh, not real. I mean, the chicken quesadilla, the, I think the, the, basil, no, the, the jalapeno basil aioli came from an American consultant chef that we worked with. Mm. Um, I think without giving you a specific example, what we've taken away from the States and modern Mexican cuisine is that as long as it's in a tortilla, quesadilla, burrito or taco, there's actually no real limits or boundaries to what you can do with, mm. with Mexican street food. Mm. Um, they have, in Mexico, 
what you put in a taco is whatever you can find, whatever's accessible. Mm. Whether that's, and people think like beef cheek and ox tongue is like a really authentic Mexican cut of meat. It, it's not. It's just because it's a developing country and they use every cut of an animal that they can. Yeah. Whether that's cheek of a beef or the tongue of an ox. <laughs> so Mexican, you want to be really technical about what's authentically Mexican. It's about putting in a taco whatever you can find, whatever is local and whatever is accessible. And I remember early on, you might remember, we had a kangaroo burrito on the menu early on. Um, and we, we, we got a little bit, most people loved it, but we got a little bit of criticism of people saying, hang on, how come you guys are a Mexican restaurant, but you've got a kangaroo burrito on your, on your recipe? What the hell is that? And that's what it was about. It was about knowing that in Mexico, you know, Cuisine is about what you can find and what's local as opposed to any anything else. I think that's so true and I've been having chats to chefs lately about that whole concept of authenticity and often in those other foods that we see as, you know, different ethnic, ethnic foods, authenticity is, or, you know, their food is about, as you say, using what, what they have to hand and what's available and so why can't we apply the techniques that they have but use the ingredients that we have? So I think that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and even if it's not, like there might even be things that we've done or that we do that like we've got a jalapeno basil aioli on our chicken quesadilla. Mm. Like that's not that's not Mexican or authentic, authentically Mexican at all, but it tastes delicious, the flavour profiles work, it's fresh, and so we, we, we do it. Mm. Yeah. And just, um, I'm really, I've been... I'm very interested in well-being and hospitality at the moment, and I did read in the press release about how important it is for you to nurture your teams and build a positive and engaging culture. How do you do that? Um, I think it's about, well, first of all, it's about communicating and re-communicating to the whole business that our culture and and well-being of everyone in it is just, it's just paramount as part of what we do. Mm. It's also part like part of the reason we went with the name and, and the, the concept of a fonda is 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 about what a fonda is in in Mexico, being a, a home a home that opens up as an unofficial restaurant. Mm. So we're like the internal family that that delivers these these meals to people coming in, just like a fonda in Mexico. Um, that that's the sort of uh, top line. It's about reinforcing it as one of our values and what our business is all about. Practically, it's really about recruiting the right people that have got the right values and character that are, are going to be positive contributors to our culture and, and a positive contribution to our family and just making sure we're avoiding the difficult sort of people that might be more prone to being a bully um, or just being a bit, um, you know, not as in line with our culture. So recruitment's probably number one and then just making sure that our own internal training and processes um, and, and the sort of behaviour that we um, recognise and affirm as the right behaviour is, is in line with that. And that came from... I, I worked in different hospitality and concepts in the local supermarket and the local pub as a, as a teenager and in my early uni years, and I was shocked at how many places just had a terrible culture. And I was shocked at how many, um, you know, hospitality workers, myself included and a lot of my colleagues, just got spoken to really poorly. Mm. Um, it was rife. It was just incredible how rife it was. Mm. Um, and so we wanted to change that and I wanted to prove to, I really, I just wanted to prove to myself that you can have a hospitality concept that doesn't involve chefs throwing saucepans at someone's head and managers screaming at people for making a mistake. 
Yes. Um, like that stuff is really not on in my books. I have zero tolerance for it. And I think we've proven that you can't, I mean, we don't always get it right. I mean, as you grow, as the business gets bigger, it does get harder and harder to instill those, that, that, that caliber of um, culture. And, mm. and that's, you know, we just got to constantly evolve how we're instilling that as we get bigger, but it's, it's definitely achievable. Mm. No, I agree with you, and I'm a firm believer that, you know, whatever's going on in the kitchen and in front of house, that all of that those feelings go into the food as well and it affects the experience of the diners. So yeah, it is, um, absolutely. it's good to have that as your um, ethos. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a good point. It's more than just an internal thing. It's actually part of the guest experience. Yeah, that's right. And, um, and, and what's your favourite thing on the menu at the moment? Do you have a go-to dish? It'd be the, the chicken quesadilla. Mm. <laughs> There's that. It's just like a – the jalapeno basil aioli just really, like, adds an element. Yeah, it's definitely the chicken – the grilled chicken quesadilla. Great. Well, I'll put that on my list of things to do in the next week or so is to get down yeah. to the, the Hawthorne Fonda and try it out. <laughs> Thanks so much, Tim. I know that you're really busy and I think you've got another meeting to go to, but I really appreciate your time and – um. And and great to hear more about your business. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Conversation with a Chef with Tim McDonald from Fonda. If you want to experience all the greatness for yourself, which of course you do, you can check out their Instagram at Fonda Mexican. That's at Fonda Mexican or one word. As for me, I'm also on Instagram at Conversation with the Chef, which is also all one word. And if you want to read the chat, you can head to www.conversationwithachef.com. I would absolutely love it if you told a friend about my chats. And of course, you can follow me on Apple and Spotify podcasts. Once again, thanks for listening and have a great day.